I think I got pretty desensitized over the years I've been working with poop. Um, I have no problems talking about it. Fellow Homo sapiens, this week in part two of two with research specialist Stephanie Prasnielsen, we hear about her clinical study involving poo or fecal samples from a group of children with refractory epilepsy who started the ketogenic diet and then investigating their gut microbiota and how it might be related to changes in epileptic seizures. Stephanie also talks about future international collaborations and collections of stool samples for furthering this epilepsy research. So I'm a researcher or a research specialist at the Center for Translational Microbiome Research at the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm, Sweden, where I studied the gut microbiota and um, in relation to epilepsy is like one of my focus, research focuses. Going on from the last episode where you were talking about the rodents, what was the next step in your research? Yeah, so the rodent study were not, were not done by us. This was um, other amazing people in the US that did that. Okay. Um, we focus on um, patient cohorts and clinical studies. So uh, we recruited a group of um, children with drug-resistant epilepsy um, that started the ketogenic diet. And as I mentioned in the first part, the diet has a big influence on the gut microbiota. So we wanted to uh, investigate how that changes during this treatment and how this may be related to inflammation in those patients and to seizure response. Um, and we could see that by switching to the ketogenic diet, which um, basically consists of 80% of your calories come from fat, and then you have very little protein and very little carbohydrates left in your diet. 50% um, of the patients respond with less seizures to this diet um, and 50% don't. But today we don't really know <clears throat> which are the responders before you actually try this um, diet. And it's a really tough diet, but it's, I find it really amazing how much it can help patients that haven't been helped by anti-seizure medications. And knowing that the diet um, changed the composition of the gut microbiota, I got interested in how that looks for the ketogenic diet in those epilepsy patients. And so we could see that during the ketogenic diet, um, typical gut microbes that depend on carbohydrates in our diet, they disappeared. This happened for all the patients, the responders and non-responders. But when we specifically compared the responders and non-responders, what their gut microbiota looked like before they started the diet, we could see that the responders had more so-called infant-type bifidobacteria in their gut, um, and they disappeared during the ketogenic diet, and they were associated with TNF, which is tumor necrosis factor, an inflammatory molecule that has been shown to be increased in some epilepsies. So it's, there seemed to be a correlation between those bifidobacteria and the TNF, and this um, both signals uh, decrease during the ketogenic diet. Just to point out to everybody um, listening, if not familiar with the sciences, there is a distinct difference between correlation and causation. 
which is I just wanted to put that out there like it doesn't necessarily mean cause and effect is that right Stephanie exactly so this is just a description this is two events happening it doesn't mean that um, they interact with each other that they depend on each other Um, but we of course we find this signal very interesting and we want to um, use animal models for a validation to see to actually um, infect those models uh, those animals with um, those infant type bifidobacteria and study their inflammation in specific epilepsy models. So that is our next step in in this. And it's also what I need to mention is that we had a small cohort. It was a total of 27 patients. Um, And we we need to confirm our findings in a larger cohort to see if this is actually true in, in other patients as well. What type of patients were in this cohort, this, this group of, what formed this group of people? But was it people with, obviously with refractory epilepsies, but was it people who tended to have the more sort of rarer epilepsies, um, or what some people might call more severe um, refractory epilepsies? Was it people, you know, intellectual disability, not what type of people were included? Um, those are very um, severely sick children. Um, so they're, as you said, they're drug resistant. They have tried up to, I think, six or eight different medications and they're not seizure free and they um, have a mixed etiology and they have different other diagnoses as well and that is indeed a problem um, because we don't know um, the gut microbiota may be involved in some um, types of epilepsies or syndromes and not in others and in order to actually really study deeply which syndromes might actually uh, could benefit from from a modulation of the gut microbiota as a treatment in the future we really need to start uh, studying large uh, preferably multinational cohorts where we actually can identify the patients that could have a benefit but this needs to be done on a much larger scale yeah so we need people from with all different health conditions or lack thereof, but affected by refractory epilepsy of all different genetic makeups um, from around the world, basically to pool our our data and see what works for individuals as well as us as a species. Yes, but I think we don't only need to look at the drug resistant um, patients. Um, I'm actually I'm planning a study where I would like to collect the large cohort of newly diagnosed patients. Um, to really be able to study the uh, composition of the gut microbiota before you even start medication, because that can also have an impact on your gut microbiota, and that can be problematic when you're analyzing whether the microbiota may actually uh, have an influence on the seizures if all the different patients have different medications and different dosages and things like that. So we would like to recruit newly diagnosed patients and follow them over time and take samples before the first drug and during drug treatment to also see how the drugs interact with the gut microbiota and also possibly other alternative treatments. So this might sound a bit crude, but does this mean um, ideally international collection of poo feces to, and yeah? Yes, definitely, um, because I, I wouldn't want to only focus on the Swedish population because um, 
different nationalities also have different compositions of the gut microbiota. Different food. Yeah, the food, the lifestyle, things like that. Um, and it would be interesting to see if we could find like common signals in epilepsy patients across borders. Gosh, you know what this reminds me of? So I was having a, well, it wasn't awkward for me, but a conversation with somebody that I know about periods, menstruation, and they got a bit awkward about it. And I was like, dude, this affects 50% of the human, like four, four, you know, like three and a half billion people uh, for at least, you know, a quarter of their lives or, or, or you know, maybe even half their lives and sometimes 100% of the time, depending upon the person. Let's talk about it. And I would love for us to be able to talk more freely, actually, about poo or feces as well, because it plays such an important part in the lives of every person, not solely those affected by the epilepsies. And I wonder if we could, I don't know, maybe through your study, we can get more people talking about something we all tend to do pretty, well, ideally, quite frequently. <laughs> yes, if you're healthy. Not too frequently, but, you know, frequently <laughs> enough. I think I got pretty desensitized over the years I've been working with poop. Um, <laughs> I have no problems talking about it. And also having two children, I mean, going through their early stages of life, you become quite desensitized. Um, so um, poop is, um, yeah, n not an everyday dinner table conversation, I would say, but we, we don't feel like this taboo. If people want to be involved or clinicians, I say we have researchers who want to be involved and, you know, you know, join your work in studying poo and the benefits for people affected by epilepsy, what should they do? Um, they should send me an email, <laughs> I think it's the best to do. Um, I, my work is like based on the poo analysis, um, so I'm not a neurologist, I don't see patients, but in order to do really good studies I need to collaborate with neurologists that preferably meet a lot of patients mm -hmm. and that could um, ask them to collect the sample. Um, that would be really appreciated and they can send me an email or they can follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn. And what about patients or families that are interested in this? Yeah, they could uh, talk to their neurologist and say, yeah, I heard about this, um, the connection of the poo and the epilepsies and it would be interesting. Listen, listen to this exciting podcast episode <laughs> contact the researcher. Okay, cool. I think uh, this can, and I speak from a you know, personal perspective, I find that involvement in research, whether it be, you know, I haven't donated any poo yet, but, you know, should I do? But just, but it, I just find it really empowering because you're contributing to the health of other people um, in, you know, in the future. And just, it's a really exciting thing. And just because you collect poo doesn't mean you have to sniff it or anything. I'm sure it's, you know, there are methods that make it as clean as possible and stuff like that. I actually never see it myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't extract the DNA from the poo. Um, we have robots for that, actually. Wow, um, So it's, it's quite good work. And I just wait for the sequencing data. I just get the data on my computer and then I analyze them. That's cheating, man. So, you know, you're like talking about poo and your research. You don't even have to deal with it, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I would like to just mention, as you asked, what, what patients can do. Um, I, I'm really uh, actually quite amazed about how much the patients know about themselves and their disease and I talked to a neurologist 
um, after I gave a presentation on what my work is about. And he said, yeah, actually, since 10 years, I have uh, parents talking to me about that there's something in their gut and that should be related to their epilepsies. And those those parents, they already knew 10 years ago. And Amazing. Like, yes. <laughs> I think I think patients and caregivers have really, really important insights and I think not just um, when it comes to the poo but anything it's really important for them to communicate that to their neurologist yeah I agree uh, often I, th I feel that you know whether it be the pa uh, the parent doing the communicating the carer or us in general it's kind of like let's go and talk about pills and seizures and you know but actually declaring I'm really interested in this use me as a model you know and let's con <laughs> contribute to the health of not, as I said before, not necessarily ourselves, but, you know, everyone else, I think it's wonderful. And this also doesn't solely um, potentially improve the health of people with the epilepsies, but also their families and society as a whole. And I think getting more people involved, you know, it can be quite satisfying uh, for some clinicians too, you know, because just working with the patient more and seeing them have a bit more purpose. And I think it can be good all round. And like you say, not everyone has to touch the poo. There are robots for that. And if you collect the sample yourself, you get a tiny spoon. Thank you so much again to Stephanie for providing us with insight into the significance of diet, gut microbiota and poo when it comes to health, especially when we're talking about the epilepsies. Do subscribe to the channel if you haven't already to make sure that you don't miss our future episodes. And if you did enjoy this one, then please do share it with your friends, family, colleagues, anyone really because it helps to get our messages about the epilepsies out there to the masses if you'd like to connect you can find me on twitter linkedin facebook or instagram and i'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show please subscribe to epilepsy sparks insights on your podcast app so that you will never miss the weekly episode i'm tori robinson thanks for listening <laughs>